Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Instant Classic Podcast. My name is Jay Sub. With me, as always, my man, Emery Ogletree II. What up, sir? My brother, what's good? We ready to get it in? Yes, sir. Let's start it off with the Cincinnati Bengals. History was made yesterday, sir. History. Speak on it. 31 years of pain, suffering. Mm. Mm. Like hope only to be dashed. ACL tears, injuries. Well, well, I mean, we went through who Jeff Blake, Achilles Smith. Uh, what was my dude's big, name? Big Daddy Wilkinson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, Johnna Carter. Johnna Carter. Oh, what was that? Ocho Cinco, Carson Palmer, Carl Pickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> run them, run them down. Like, man, it has the, been the, 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 the red rocket. <laughs> the red rocket. Oh, not since the days of Anthony Munoz have we seen hey, a playoff boom. victory. Boomer. Boomer was still behind center, who I still say is the greatest Bengal quarterback in the history of the Bengals. Joey Burrow, I mean, he's off to a great start, but Boomer's still the man right now. Yeah, I, I, I would say that just for, yeah, for franchise wise, but. Joey, Joey is is on his on his heels. He he's hey. he's one more playoff win from getting kids named after him. <laughs> but you know what though? I mean, for for those who don't understand, man. I mean, you know, Ink's not originally from Cincinnati. I am born and raised out the Natty, man. And you know, my childhood. When I think about it, I mean, I'm back to the days of Riverfront. Cause I'm not sure when when did you move to the and you didn't move to the night till we were yeah. in middle school, right? Yeah, ninety four. Yeah, so you you came well after it, but I mean, man, the eighties was just a a fun time to be a kid if you like sports. I mean, back in the days of Riverfront, I mean, the Reds were you no know, legit, the Bengals were legit. They first went to the Super Bowl in nineteen eighty one. I was I mean I was just a baby when they went, you know, but they lost to the Niners. But I'll never forget when they played the Niners again in eighty eight. And my dad had a Super Bowl party. I'll never forget that because I couldn't stay. <laughs> he made me leave. Made me, my mom, sister, grandmother, and great grandma. We all deleted because my dad was having a Super Bowl party. Went to my went to his parents' house. You know, basically watched the game there while I was doing my homework. <laughs> At least he cut me a sandwich, right? He cut me a piece of the sub. You know, those big long sub. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. But I mean, but no, nah, man. That's why for those who are in our age bracket, even older. And I even told my old man after they won yesterday, man, I was like, hey, congratulations, man. We have been overdue 31 years. 31 years. I mean, I'm saying, and I and I felt that. I mean, like real talk. Hey, you know this, man. I stopped being a Bengals fan. I think when we probably around the time when we met. If it wasn't around the time we met, it was definitely when we got to high school. Yeah. Like by the time we were done with high school, man, I was done with the Bengals. I mean, because after 90 after 90 it just became a slow descent and i mean college was even worse i mean because every time football season come around and somebody asks you where you from cincinnati you from cincinnati man the Bengals suck i mean what comeback could i have i'm like uh you got you right (laughs) you got me there I i can't talk no trash i mean year after year what made it so bad that there were moments where they could have won there were moments where the Bengals could have won. It didn't have to go this long. Either we didn't make the playoffs at all, but we were just trash. And then we or we went to the playoffs and just 
couldn't get it done. The most heartbreaking one had to be, oh, it had to be the one before this one. Now you see Eltair uh, with Carson Palmer when they no, were beating Pittsburgh. But, even, but no, but even no, but even the one after that when they played Pittsburgh. I'm talking about the one where oh my do my my goodness, where Pac-Man Jones and what was that dude's name on defense? Oh, perfect. Played, yeah, perfect. Thank you. The Bengals had the game in hand. I'm in a bar with well, with my now wife and a friend of hers. And we're watching the game because I remember this dude who had a Pittsburgh jacket with all the Super Bowls on him. He and I were going at it. I mean, it, it, it almost came out. I thought we were going to go to blows. But the Bengals were winning. And I'm sitting there like, great. I mean, my, my, my mouth is hurting because I'm sitting like, oh, my God, we're about to win. Like, we're about to get the drive over. And then Perfect goes out there and cheap shot. Who did he cheap shot? Was, Was that it, Antonio uh, Brown? Is it Antonio Brown or uh, I think it was Antonio name? Brown? Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. He cheap shot at Antonio Brown, and I remember I literally just fell to the floor in a bar. I'm just on the ground. The waitress is walking over. See, I'm laying on the floor like we had the game in hand. Like why? Like why would you do that? And the Steelers came back and won. And the dude in the Pittsburgh jacket. I mean, you know what? Hey, I, 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 I could give it, but you know what? When you, sometimes you just got to take it on the chin. He got the last laugh that night. But I remember going home so sick, like only the Bengals. And here we come now. They played the Raiders, and I told you, man, I couldn't even watch the first half. It wasn't for my cousin Brian. Shout out to him. And, uh, you know, coming out of Philly, he was texting me. He's like, y'all got this. Y'all got this. And I told him, like, dude, this the Bengals, man. It's, it's never that simple. And I turned the game on. I was like, oh, man, like, they're winning. You know, it's the third quarter. We're up 10. But I was like, and he's texting me. Y'all got this. I was like, it's the Bengals. Ugh. Hank, man, that closed, that closing segment of the game, Hank. After the Raiders kicked that field goal and it was down to seven. And I just sat there and my mom and Michelle and my two sons, my, hey, my, my boy Zeke is here. So I got both my boys now. We all sitting there watching the game. I'm just standing up. I'm hold, I'm holding Trey, my oldest. And I'm sitting there looking at the screen like, oh, my God. Like, just please don't let this be Bengals things. The Raiders got the ball back with over two minutes left. And I'm sitting there saying, like, oh, God. Like, it's going to happen. They're going to come back. And as Derek Carr led them down that field. And like I said, again, the play of all play, when the Bengals got that first fourth down, and I'm sitting there screaming at the top of my lungs. There's one stop and the game is over. And Derek Carr got that first down. I thought it was over. I honestly thought it was over. I said, like, they're going to come back. We're going to go to OT and we're going to lose. But give the Bengals credit, man. They held that line. They got up that end zone. <laughs> they they're going to score. But they held it down and they won. And I mean, just I, honestly, it, <laughs> I. All those memories, man, just came back. And I just had to sit there. I held my son. I looked at my youngest. I just sat there, and I just had to, like, take it in, like, 31 years, man. I was living at home in the fifth grade. Me and my sister were watching that game in her room on a little, like I told you, a little portable TV. The last time I saw a Bengals playoff win. And here I am now, grown man, family of my own. It took this long to finally see it. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. I'll take it. I was like, at this moment, you know what? 
shout, to all my Natty fans, I, I know you don't want to hear this, but you know I keep it 100, man. Let's just enjoy it. Can we just enjoy it? Whatever happens from here, let's just enjoy it. It's a bonus. If we win the next one and go to the AFC Championship, that's a bonus. If we make it to the Super Bowl, it's a bonus. But let's just let's just enjoy the moment. At least we've made it past the first week. <laughs> we made it past week one. <laughs> this, this feels like a Super Bowl to me. <laughs> it does. It does. It feels like a Super Bowl to me. But I'll be good. Like I said, man, if you're not old enough to feel what I'm feeling right now, because you can hear it in my voice, 31 years is a long time, man, to have a hometown team. My sister made me come back and be a Bengals fan. I, I, I told her I'd do it. And I was like, God, I, all the, the years of agony came back the moment I started cheering for the Bengals again. But they finally got it done. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it from here on. I had no high expectations. If the Bengals get it done, I'll be so happy. But hey, at least I'll walk away. And I'm not one for moral victory, but this will be a moral victory for me. <laughs> whoever wins the playoffs, the Super Bowl, I'll be like, hey, but the Bengals got past week one. And, you know, they're trying to you know, put a little damper on my parade, talking about how the officials messed up. Uh, hey, hey, what can I say, man? It just comes with the Bengals. Go ahead, man. It's all you. you do you. Go ahead and speak on it. Man, I think it is It is a great moment. Um, But, like, the gravity of 31 years of futility. Like, and it's not a curse. People were saying that it was the Bengal curse. Oh, you know, it was a curse. It's I just curse. think it was just poor management, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? But there it lies the curse. That is like, the curse. It all, it all goes together. That's the curse. Like, when your scouting team, can, can, you know, is, is made up of, like, you, like, your, your son and his, like, friends, like, you know what I mean? Of course, you're going you're gonna to miss out on the draft. Like, they lucked into Joe Burrow. I know it's not, like, a lottery, but. Had there had there been this been a year where there wasn't a good quarterback, they wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> they're like, we're gonna get the best quarterback on the board. It just happened to be that that quarterback was Joe Burrow. If it had been like Philip Rivers or you know, like Philip, um, what was who was it, man? Um, like oh, Sam Darnold or somebody like that, like who the Jets have, like you know, if. When, if it was a bad quarterback year, they just would be SOL. They just happen to luck. They happen to be terrible at the right time. Sometimes sucking can work out in your favor. I'll, I'll say this. With the coming of Joey Burrow, who, again, I said it from the moment he got directly, after watching the show he put on in the college football playoff, I was like, man, we can get that. That kid's special. Yeah, he the real but I said, But even before Joey B. I, the one thing I said about the Bengals, and it goes back over the 31 years, but as 31 years accumulated, I was like, the culture had to change. Mm -hmm. We had to get rid of all that toxic waste. But I said, because losing in itself is a mentality. It's like I told my players when I coach, and it's just the way I was when I played. I'm used to winning. That's why I stopped being a Bengals fan. You know, you're in a culture you when losing just basically becomes a norm. And it seems like no one wants to care. Like you said, the upper echelon, no, the, the front office, they really didn't seem to care. Mm -hmm. They just really didn't seem to care. Like all these busted draft picks that we had in the past, 
you know, we we settle for oh, every now and then we win the division and we go to the playoffs, but we lose. But that was good enough. I said I always I said it about the front. I said it about the Browns and the Browns being the family who owns the Bengals. <laughs> I was like, the city of Cincinnati de- deserves better than you just basically throwing them a crumb saying, well, hey, at least we made the playoffs. No, we want to go back to the days where, hell, we were going to the Super Bowl. Like I said, the 80s was a great time to be a kid. You know, I said the Bengals were relevant, and we had to wait 31 years with sprinkles of winning the division here all just to fail in the playoffs. I want to see us one day go back to, you know, being relevant again on a consistent basis. And they said they've gotten rid of all this toxic waste and started with Joey B and all this new young talent, man. I think it's just, it's a fresh start. And I think that's the most, you know, refreshing thing for me. That these young guys, like, there's nothing to basically contaminate them. They're mm-hmm. creating their own culture right now. So right there, everything they're doing right now, this is all just going to go into a learning experience. You know, I mean, wh- whatever happens moving forward with the Bengals after this, I mean, hopefully this will just serve as a foundation for them to grow on. You know, I'm not going to go out my way saying, okay, if we, you know I said, even if we go to the Super Bowl, you know, this year, I'm not going to go out my way to say, oh, we're going to win it next year. But my expectations of the Bengals will be high. <laughs> like, okay, you show me what you could do. You show me that we can get past week one of the playoffs. From this point forward, that's what I'm expecting. I'm willing to put the 31 years behind me now. I'm ready to move on. All right. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. You won. So it's a fresh start. Like I said, now, now that I got both my boys, you know, it's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. Let's see what happens now. Let's just see and let's build from here. Like I said, I, I would be so heartbroken <laughs> that we go through this. And like I told you, we talked before we came on the air, man. If I looked up, if it was another 31 years before <laughs> they won another playoff game, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm just going to go to my grave talking bad about the Bengals. I'm telling you. I'm just gonna go to my grave talking bad about the Bengals. I'll be a lot closer to it then than I am now. See, this is when it's important because now that they got like some success, you know, they can try to fill in the pieces that they were kind of missing. They can see like, okay, we need to add this, but they can't be cheap about it. And that's where the Bengals of the past would always be. They would get the problematic people, like the Burfics, who everybody know got the red flags because they were cheap. But they're cheap for, I mean, yeah, they're talented. But they're cheap for a reason because at some point it's going to end up, you know, biting you in the ass because, uh, like, he, he's a hothead. Or you're going to get somebody who just, you know, they own their third team in three years because for whatever reason. They, they try to get these people in the margins when you need to just pony up the cash and get the people who you need. And that's and what it usually will always not do. You're, you're right. I mean, it's so many different you know, dynamics go into, like I said, what the Bengals have been for so long. And like I said, again, about the culture of, of just any team, of any franchise. I mean, you look at this historically, the culture of the New England Patriots, the culture of the Niners, uh, I mean, not a good example to give today, but the Cowboys or the Steelers. I mean, these are winning cultures. Like their expectations are not only do we expect to go to the playoffs, but we expect to compete for titles. That's the culture that I would want the Bengals to one day get. Like I said, we used to have that for a little. We never won one, but there was a culture once that when we went to the playoffs, we expected to contend. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I'm tired of Cincinnati just being like, well, at least we made the playoffs. That 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 mindset needs to go. And hopefully, like I said again, this is the new beginning of we expect to go to the playoffs. But yeah. Going to the playoffs no longer is sufficient enough. We want to go to the playoffs and we want to make some noise. Hopefully so much to the point where, like you said, not only are we making great moves in the draft, who knows? Maybe we might be able to, to attract free agents because they're like, oh, I can go there because that's a good team. Yeah. You know, the most free agents, they want to go somewhere where they're you know, actually going to succeed, not, you know, just go somewhere and be in, you know, <laughs> NFL Siberia, you know, because that's what the Cincinnati used to be. Like, yeah, you go exactly. To, you go to Cincinnati, basically just try to get your stats up to try to go somewhere else. You know, or just, you just try to make a check. You don't really care. Yeah. But no, I mean, the, the Natty, man, they, they deserve it. And like I said, that, that coach, uh, what's his name? Is it Zach Taylor? Yeah, Zach Taylor. You know, again, I'm, I know he delivered the game ball to a local bar. I'm sure I probably, you know, passed it a couple times since it's been so long since I've been home. But, I mean, hey, I, I said, I mean, congratulations on getting that historic win. But, hey, he said it was the first of many. It's like famous last words, Chief, because if, you just, if that's where you're going to put the bar, that's where we're going to hold you. Because I'll tell you right now, man, we go to the playoffs next year, and I expect us to go to the playoffs again next year. And we lose a week one again. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be on fire. Well, let's enjoy now. I just want to enjoy now. Enjoy the now. Enjoy the now. All right, let's hop on to our next topic, and that is the the state of African American head coaches in the NFL. Um, as of this recording, we currently have one, and that is Mike Tomlin of Pittsburgh, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon unless he chooses it. Um, that's typically just how Pittsburgh gets down with their head coaches. Um, two of the more high-profile firings were the was uh, Coach Flores of the Miami Dolphins, and then I forget what my man's name is of the Houston Texans. Um, but both of those Chase, Coach Chase, Chase, yeah, yeah, both of those situations were were head scratchers. Um, the Miami Dolphins have reeled off like seven straight wins, including like beating the the Patriots and Bill Belichick like two games. Um, who is kind of known as like the best coach in the league um, to be able to outcoach him was a big deal. And then with the Texans, I mean, when your, your pro bowl quarterback got a case and you know, what should I say cases and, and he ain't playing. And then you trade away your best defensive player or release your best defensive player before the season starts. <laughs> and last year with those two, they won four games. So without those two, if you expected them to do better, I have no idea why. Um, I just thought it was just unfortunate and something that didn't need to happen. What were your thoughts on the state of the league right now and those two firings in particular? Uh, first of all, I, I apologize. Didn't correct. That was actually uh, Coach Cully. Cully, yeah, yeah. I had, yeah, yeah. Chase, I had Chase on the brain from the Bengals. From the Bengals, uh, yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, but uh, Coach David uh, David Cully. Um, real talk, anytime. I see a black coach get fired in the NFL. And a lot of you know, a lot of times it, it it bothers me. Now, in the case of Marvin Lewis, I thought Marvin Lewis got more than his fair shot to do what he could do with Cincinnati. So when he got released, I mean that made sense to me. At least he got a chance to try to mm-hmm. you know help it grow. But the history of the NFL is that, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. You know, history speaks for itself that black coaches have shorter ropes than white coaches. True. You know, 
And the uh, case of uh, you no know, Miami, I was a little, I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised because I, I just didn't see the firing being, you know, justified. You know, I mean, with all the ups and downs the Dolphins have had, you know, the fact of the matter is that he he more or less always had them competing. You know, it's not always. like the Dolphins Dolphins suck, right? You no, know, Flor- Flores over the you no know, the three seasons he's with with the Dolphins. I mean, number one, your franchise quarterback is injury prone. He you can't really fault a coach for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only work with what you got. And the, the, the guy you chose to put your franchise on, you know, to a tungle, tungle of, uh, I can't get his last name. Tungle of Ovoa. Forgive me. I'm trying to pronounce that. But that's who they chose to throw the franchise on. And for the most part, I mean, he's just been so inconsistent. Yeah. But on top of that, I mean, you know, Flores basically made a lot with almost practically nothing. You know, and if any, if anything else, I felt he deserved at least one more season. I think four years would have been fair. Yeah. I mean, because think about it. I mean, he uh, Flores comes from the Belichick tree of assistant coaches. And out of all of them, he's the most successful in terms of his, you no know, uh, comparison in terms of when he go up against uh, Belichick, Belichick in the uh, yeah. head-to-head matchups. <laughs> and uh, Grant, I mean, the Patriots aren't the Patriots of old, but still Belichick is still who he is, very well respected. So, I mean, I, I would think that, again, like, with a team that, you know, you keep competing, I mean, I, I, I didn't really follow the Dolphins that much, but I think I heard a stat about, like, how they had, I think, somewhere between five to seven games where they had lost, and it was all, like, under seven points. Yeah, they were in like, every they, game. Yeah, like I said, they were in every game. But, I mean, therein lies the business. But let's get back to Coach Cully. That Houston Texan firing, I mean, I'm sorry, that that just pissed me off, plain and simple. Because this man was set up to fail from the moment he got hired. I mean, it's just called spade to spade. Yeah. He was set up to, for failure from the moment he got fired. From the moment he walked in the door, you brought up the fact, like I said, your franchise QB, one of the best QBs in the league, and Deshaun Watson, is already saying he wants out. Yep. He met with he met with Cully out of respect for him. And still told him, you know, like, look, I don't want to be here. I want out. Had nothing to do with Cully. He just wanted out. But yeah, I just told we just talked about in the previous uh segment about a culture, about how things are in franchises. And you want to get away from that toxicity. You don't want to be around all that neg- negativity. And I mean, he I mean, you want to talk about putting on a face and being a company man. I mean, I all I remember is Cully saying all the right things. When it came to the Texans, I didn't believe him, but I think he was just saying all the right things because of the opportunity just being given. It's not like you go out there and trash the Texans, right? Yeah, he couldn't do that. He'll lose the locker room, right? Well, I mean, like, well, like I said, I mean, just it wouldn't have done him no good anyway. But all that being said, I mean, there were there was no expectations for the Texans. No one expected them to compete. I said, I mean. You don't have a quarterback, let alone you barely even have running backs, wide receivers. You really don't have anything. And you expect this man to go out here and do what? And no matter how the Houston Texans themselves try to spin it and justify the release, 
the bottom line is that they're just a huge dumpster fire anyway. And whether, like I said again, it'll never be said, but black coaches just aren't looked the same as they, as white coaches are in the NFL. I said, I, I hated saying it when he got hired. It was nothing but a publicity move with all the negative press they were getting from the Deshaun Watson situation. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention how the Texans themselves were handling Deshaun Watson in the meantime. They didn't yeah. necessarily come to Deshaun Watson's defense. No, no, they're they're just kind of playing on the fence, like okay, well, if he's guilty, you know, we'll push away from him. But if he gets away with it, oh, we want him back. I mean, yeah. I, said, I wouldn't want to play for them either. But now you bring in this black coach, who you basically give him no real sufficient weapons to work with, no real like game changing players on that roster. Expect him to do what? Right, like they won four games the year before, like, and then you take away his quarterback, and J.J. Watt, you know, asked for his release. Like, like I said, I mean, just what would you expect? And, I say, and, they, and they, they can try to justify however they want to, which is just a bunch of BS. I'll never – I mean, no matter what they say, I wouldn't believe him anyway. Yeah. I feel so bad for Cully, you know, and I feel bad for Flores as well, but I mean, but extremely for Cully because, like I said, he was in a no-win situation, and he deserves better than that. Yeah, black coaches in general deserve better than that. Not just even in, in football, across the board and in every major sport. I mean, like I said, it's just like real life. I mean, we we're held to a different standard. Yep, and we get the we're, worst jobs. Right, and we, we, we get the we, we get the no win situations. You know, just it's like, like a placeholder. Like here, take water, make it into wine. Yeah, <laughs> like no, nah, that, that's not us. You know, it's like you you got the wrong one. That only one man did that. You know, I was like, I'm gonna need a little extra help. Yeah. You know, and it's just like I said, it, it, it's sickening. It's sickening because again, how long will it take? You know, because I know they're gonna be interviewing other, you know, black candidates because of the Rooney rule. Don't get me started with the Rooney rule. Like I say, you, you want to talk about again, just putting up a face just to show, hey, look, we we're looking at minorities, we're looking at other, you know. Races besides white guys, you can't say we didn't at least interview them. Like, yeah. don't, don't say me that BS. You know, but it's just, I, I, I hurt because, I mean, who knows if Cully will ever get another shot at being a head coach? No, I mean, he was he was an older coach to begin with. I want to say he, he was an older coach to begin with. Exactly. Five or 67. So I understand why he took the job. Like, I, I would have too, but mm-hmm. that's probably it. He's probably not going to get another crack. Um, and I think this goes like you were kind of mentioning. It's every sport, man. Um, like you see this in football. You're going to get this in basketball. You get this even in baseball um, with my dude who used to coach the or manage the Reds and how every team he goes, he's the Astros manager now. Dusty Baker, that's his yeah, name. Yeah, Dusty Baker. Thank you. Like all he does is just make the teams that he goes to better. And then for whatever reason, he's going to get fired and he's going to move on to the next place and then make them good. Like, I don't, like, like why? Don't know. Exactly. Like, they feel like, you know, he, somebody else can take them better. And usually when he leaves, that team gets worse. Well, so, I mean, it, it would just, it, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. I mean, there's no such thing as quote unquote fair. You know, in the world, they just, people mm-hmm. try. Yeah. People try the best that they can. But I mean, but the worst of it is just the hypocrisy and just those who are just, you know, straight up, you know, just, just straight up, you know, pricks about it. 
in terms of the fact of, you know, you really don't want to. You're just doing it for show. Phonies. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it. You're just doing it for show. You know, and it's and it's just it, it'll, it'll it'll never not be frustrating. Like I said, I mean, I, I love. I still feel Mike Tomlin is the best coach in sports across the board. In any major sport, you give me Mike Tomlin as a head coach. But like I said, the Ro- the Rooneys are an exception to the rule. Like I said, yeah. I mean, that's, they, they got they they got the rule because <laughs> that's how they do things. You know, the, I mean, the Rooneys basically set the standard. <laughs> but like I said again, I mean, it just goes. It's just so unfortunate that. This is where we are in the times that we're living in, and we're still talking about this. Just goes to show you that. Just goes to show you that. No matter what, as no, and I'm not just saying black men, black men, black women, whether it be in the world of professional sports or just on the professional level, we're always going to have to you know continue to bring our hundred and ten. Yeah, with the mindset of like, you know, we can't afford to fail. You know, we can't afford to fail because even when it's not our fault, it's going to be held against us anyway. Like I said, I mean, if you look at it in some ways, <laughs> I hate to say it, but basically, in in a way of analytics, they use analytics against us yeah. to release us. Yeah, and you know, I hate analytics. Can't stand it. And they move the goalpost every time. Um, first they say, you know, you gotta have, you want to get into head coaching, you need to, um, you know, be an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, like in the NFL, um, and, and have that experience. And then all of a sudden it's like, now we need you to have like this analytical background and that kind of eliminates pretty much all of the black candidates because we all went through that, you know, offensive defensive coordinator side of the ball. Um, so now as soon as we start qualifying for what you said was the the pathway to head coach then you move the goalpost and now that's no longer the way to become a head coach it's it's so frustrating and then to kind of tie up the last two segments um in 1991 the last time the Bengals won a a playoff game there was one african-american head coach and that was Art Shale of the Oakland Raiders and now 31 years later we have one african-american head coach in the NFL like yeah. some, we need to do better. League, we yeah. need to do better. They, they, they need to do better. Ab- absolutely. I mean, it doesn't just stop the coaches. I mean, we can talk about NFL ownership. Oh, yeah. There, there is one minority NFL owner, and he's a terrible owner. Right. He's an awful owner. But I mean, but I mean, but the NFL is its own, you know, it's like they call it its own good boys club. Yeah. There's, there's a reason why there are no black owners in the NFL. Nobody just wants to say it. Yeah. I mean, we'll say, I mean, it's just like, because they just don't want there to be. No, I said, they can give up every excuse they want to. I mean, when you think about when, uh, what, what was it? Jennifer Lopez, what the, was it the Williams sisters, A-Rod? Yep. All of them were putting together that bid for the Miami Dolphins. Yep. I mean, they had the monies, but for some reason, they still wasn't good enough to get, to get at least a minority bid. Exactly. Seriously? I mean, and, and just, I mean, before we wrap this up, I mean, I just saw, uh, got this headline here. I mean, they're talking about now, like, how Brian Flores could possibly be a favorite to land in Houston, but why could he be a favorite? Hopefully, it leads to the Sean Watson reunion. Exactly. There's always something behind it. Yeah. It's, it's always something behind 
you know, and like I said, and my thing would be this, this too. If if Deshaun doesn't come back and they hire him, are we just looking at the same thing again? Oh yeah. Because because no, but here's my thing. Because if we don't, if we don't, if Flores gets hired and has the same exact record that Cully had this year, but you keep Flores, but you don't keep Cully, then what was the difference? None. Like I said, man, it, it, it's called a spade a spade, man. They 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 they, they, well, they go out their way to systematically try to make it harder for those of black or I just say minority uh, of the minority race to get those head coaching positions. You know, because I mean, we got Ron Rivera over there in Washington. Granted, he's not black, but he's still a minority. But again, yeah. just goes to show you, I mean, the fact that we can emphasize that we go across the board, I mean, that's a problem, man. Yeah. That's a problem. Well, I said, but, but, but Coach Cully, I mean, again, he he was just done dirty because, again, they, they set him up for failure from the get-go. Like I said, they, they just set him out there as a lamb to slaughter. And then I'm sure they they knew that. I believe they, they, they knew that from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Well, I said, well, if he if he wins, it gives us a winning record, we'll keep him around. If he loses, then – you know, we can just blame it on him and then just try to figure out what our next move is because nothing, nothing justifies him getting fired in his first year when you gave this man nothing to work with to begin with. Yeah, and then so, black coaches don't get in that that rehire cir- circle. Like, you see the same white coaches every every year. You get fired, and then, like, three years later, you, you know, you, you, you do your commentating gig for a couple years, and then you back on the sideline. You don't see that with black coaches whatsoever. Not at all. And it's not like some of these coaches that be getting rehired, like actually had the greatest of resumes either. Right. You know, I mean, but my side, it's just like I said, I won't, I won't be surprised if we see John Gruden show up again, but I digress. <laughs> Making this 10 mil. Man, whatever. <laughs> all right. Let's. Let's jump on to the next one. And that is, you know, being that it's it, we're getting close to NBA trade season. We've already had one trade go through. That was the Cam Reddish to the to the New York Knicks. And I just want to know if there's any trades that you want to see happen go on in the league. What you what you got, Tree? I know I got a a, a couple myself that I, I selfishly want, but what, what do you have? Well then what do you go ahead and go, bro? Okay, I mean, I, I'll wait my turn. All right. So realistic trade. I would love to see the Bulls get Jeremy Grant off of the Pistons. I think in order for them to kind of go to that next level, they need a power forward. Um, Because right now they have – the Bulls have injury concerns, and out of like their five injuries, three of them are power forwards. So they are just resulting to using bodies um, just to go out there and guard the play the four position. Um, so I think Jeremy Grant will be a huge benefit. Another person, at least maybe not a trade, but maybe like a, a buyout potentially. Well, two. One, I would love Harrison Barnes. I think he plays a lot of uh, small ball for. I would take him. And then on the buyout market, I would not trade for anything. And this is going to sound crazy. Um, but Tristan Thompson, I think he fits a need that the Bulls have. The Bulls have been out-rebounded greatly these past, being that they have no sides because all of their fours are hurt. I would take Tristan Thompson and that whole Kardashian clan if they can give me you know, uh, bring the curse with you. <laughs> if they can give me 12 boards, 12 boards at eight points, I, that's all I need. All I need is 12 boards at eight points. That's you know, it. Your, you, 
Man, you don't want to bring that drama over here. Not when your Bulls have just been revived. You got the number one seed right now in, in the East. I mean, I'm telling you, that, that Kardashian that Kardashian curse is real. Yo, man, he break up with Chloe every week, man. I figure, like, you know, we, we catch him on, on a break. We good. <laughs> we good. Catch him on a break. I mean, those, those, are, those are legit. Those legit trades. I'll be honest with you, for me, I mean, because, you know, everybody knows I made it pretty clear that I'm rolling with the Lakers. No, I'm balling on my sword with them because Russ will get one. You know, it's looking looking bad right now, but he will get one. I will. I have not abandoned ship. I'm still at the head. But like, real talk, I, I, as I said, but I, I'm just so busy thinking about the Lakers and look at the pieces that they have. Obviously, I don't expect them to trade Russ because obviously, like you know, we discussed, you know, he got that forty-seven million sell on the table. Nobody's trying to you know, take on that. And I'm not going to get into his play lately and all that because I mean, the Lakers in general just look, this just looked inconsistent. That's been their theme the entire season. But I look at their pieces, and I just sat there and think to myself, like, who is there that they can really trade? Now, I mean, they got Taylor Horton Tucker. I like him. He's a promising young player, but it's just like, well. Do we stick with the promise or are we trying to win now? Because I said, I, I still feel like LeBron only going to have like two more years after this one. Mm-hmm. And I know he likes to get us. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. I mean, if LeBron likes you, generally you're, you're safe. But sometimes it's just not about being light. I said, honestly, myself, I wish they would have gotten rid of Avery Bradley. I hope they still trade Avery Bradley. Yes, he's played well in the last four games, but I just don't think he's been well enough that I would keep him. Avery Bradley, Kent Bazemore. I mean, there's DeAndre Jordan, but like I said, I don't know who you who's going to take DeAndre Jordan. No one's going to touch him. Nope. You know, and it's just like, like man, I, I'm sitting there like uh, there's Miles Turner out there, but I mean, I I know that the Lakers aren't going to trade Anthony Davis. You I know, would. I know that I know they're not going to do that. I would. You know, <laughs> they're not they're not going to do that. They're not gonna, at least not now. I don't know. Maybe you know we're talking. You do this again next season. We might be talking about it. But uh, trades in the league that I would like to see. I mean, I'm looking at looking at everybody now that I can think of in terms of contenders. Um, I said I really. I said no, nobody really comes to mind. I mean, that I, I really feel that I would like to see. That will be that will be made. Like I said, I'm looking forward to see what, what moves are being made here. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what moves are going to be made here in the off season because like I said you guys are balling. I don't see them messing with the chemistry, even though I know your boy Zach Levine is going to be out here for the next couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see what Philadelphia is going to do with yeah. this Ben Simmons, ben Simmons thing. Yeah, you know, and like I said, I mean. If if anything, the one trade I would like to see since they're both out, just go ahead and get this Ben Simmons Damian Lillard trade over with. I, I'd like to see that. Just go, just go ahead and make it happen. Because Ben Simmons is not coming back to play. I love Dame, but you know, as much as he's loyal to Portland, I mean, Dame will mess around and have that <clears throat> OKC Kevin Gar. Excuse me. Uh, Kevin Garnett, Russ with OKC type dynamic, man. Like, just just yep. get out. Leave just too out. late. Yeah, like I said, don't don't leave too late. Just just get out. Just go. You know, so maybe they can get a deal for that because I don't know what Daryl Moore is taking. You know, like I said, whatever he expects to get for Ben Simmons, 
you know, the bottom line is like for those who really want him, I said, just go ahead and make the trade with with uh, Portland. Give him Ben, you get back Dame, you know, well, Dame's hurt and I don't know what Ben's been doing. I, I really care anyway. Yeah, I even read that if Ben got traded today, it would take about two or three weeks to get him game ready. I'm sure it would, but I mean, that cat. Um, <laughs> no, in my imagination, like what I would like to see, like just for fun, I would love so much if I could get that kid Williams from the Celtics on the Lakers. I said, I mean, no, don't disrespect to Dwight, but I mean, I think maybe even Dwight may have to go. I mean, he's been doing okay, and it's not his fault because Frank Vogel, I'm sorry, he is terrible with rotations. Mm-hmm. He, is. he is awful rotations. I mean, I know LeBron you know, got moved to the five or whatever, but I said, but all a lot of this stuff was just done out of necessity. I said, AD was hurt. Then Dwight went out when he got COVID. So, I mean, LeBron playing the five, and now all of a sudden it's like everybody talking about LeBron playing the five is like this, you know, huge, you know, new discovery. And it's just like, well, no. I mean, right now you got to find a way to roll. So you have to win some games. What happened when he run up against like a real center? Y'all go up against Denver in the playoffs, he's going to get eight. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, maybe Dwight even have to maybe a piece. I mean, let's say if you can get something back in like a solidly in return, because let's say, because Frank Vogel is just not using him correctly. But I'm seeing Dwight Howard sit on the bench against uh, Minnesota, and that dude Reed was sitting up here getting like 30 points in the first half. I'm like, why is Dwight on the bench? Yeah. I say, even if, even I say, even more so, it's just even if the Lakers do make a trade, I I just believe Frank Vogel is going to mess it up anyway. I just have no faith in him. But I said, if Williams for the Celtics can somehow end up on the Lakers, I gladly take that because that kid rebounds, block shots. I love the way he plays. Hey, um, Anthony Davis for him and Jalen Brown and like a first round pick. I'd do it. Yeah, I mean, but see, Anthony Davis to injury prone, you got to take one of those off the board. I said, now, nah, now nah, if you take him, take Anthony Davis for Williams and like uh, draft picks and maybe cash. Because they're not going to give up Jalen Brown. For Anthony gonna, Davis, they, they probably would. I mean, but I mean, let's say, I mean, depending on what they feel the status of uh, Anthony Davis is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, you can't tell me that, I mean, looking at Anthony Davis right now, I mean, yes, he's still uh, one of the best players in the league, but right now, I think he, like this season more than any else has really kind of exposed him more so. I mean, we yeah. gave him a pass when he was in New Orleans. But he doing the same thing. Himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the same thing. But now it's just like, okay, when you were in New Orleans doing this, you know, y'all weren't really going nowhere. But now here you are on a contender, and it's just like, we don't know whether how much we can you know, depend on you to actually be around. I mean, outside of that hot streak in the bubble, he hasn't been like a top 10 player. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, the, he he deserved to be top ten if we go up to the bubble, but here lately it's just like yeah, AD. We need, like so this 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 season alone, AD is just like underperform. I don't know what it is. It I don't know. So it must be I don't know if it's something upstairs, but I don't know what the, his deal is. But I mean, but if you're going to trade AD, I mean, <laughs> I said, I don't think the Lakers are going to do it. But if you were, I mean, you, you better get you know a good package back for that. I said, but I don't. I wouldn't expect too much because you just don't know what kind of AD you're gonna be shipping away. Um, I'm just gonna try to think. I mean, 
I can't see Milwaukee trading anything though. Nah, Milwaukee's not making a move. I think they yeah. are on a they on the buyout market. If anybody you know were to get bought out, they'd be looking to to add some pieces that way. But they ain't gonna mess with their squad because they they look good. They they are warming up at the right time. Well, I mean, it's just like when I think about Washington with the with Avery Bradley. Uh-huh. I mean, well, Bradley Bill, here, yeah. Yo, excuse me, Bradley Bill, and. Uh, you know, it's like he hasn't no signs his extension, but I mean, the Wizards are balling a little bit, but are they balling it up to make him want to stay? I'm not even sure how they how they feel about you know whether or not he's going to stay or not. So with that uh, with that being said, it's just like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure they're not going to put him up for trading. No, and let's not you forget know. John Wall is still just sitting there in Houston, waiting for somebody to trade for him. Yeah, but again, I mean, here we go again. It's just the thing about the thing about John Wall is just about you don't know what you're gonna get. Like I say, he's, it's such a I don't want to call him tainted, but it's such though like you know it's low key damaged goods that you mm-hmm. just don't know what you're gonna get. Like I say, it's, it's, it, John Wall is in the same boat that Kimber Walker's in. Yeah, you know we're we're looking at potential. Like God, that could be such a great addition, but you don't know whether or not you're gonna get that. You saw what happened with Kimber. In New York right now, I mean, he just you know recently played his way back into the rotation, but still, it's not turning out the way they were hoping, not the way I hope I was hoping they would turn out. And I feel that same way about John Wall. It's like, dude, you have not played what almost the last two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so you almost you almost haven't played as long as uh, Clay Thompson. Clay. He played a little bit last year, but he was kind of in and out. And this year, he ain't played at all. It, it, it's not even injury this year. It's just uh, they want to run with the young crew. Right, and it's just like I said. So I mean, just like well, even if you bring John Wall in, depending on where he goes, where does he fit? Yeah, you know, because I mean, I'm, I'm saying, here, here I go again. You know, when John Wall got traded for Russ, you know, to Washington, and you know, John Wall went to Houston. Like I told everybody, I was like, man, Washington won that trade, and clearly I was right. <laughs> you know, because I mean, what did you get from John Wall? Pretty much nothing. And Houston, no, just went down the drain. So it's just like, here we go again. So you don't trade for John Wall. I mean, really, what are you going to get? I mean, you'll get a dude who needs the ball a lot. Yeah. You just have the ball in his hands. John Wall's not a great defender. He's not even necessarily a great passer either. Or a great shooter. Yeah, nor a great shooter. I'm I'm really just curious as to how many – I don't expect a lot of major moves to be made this year. Like bits and pieces might be made. Like I said, it might be like, you know, role playing guys that I'm just not really too familiar with that might get traded. But like I said, anything like major, like I said, the, the Lakers are, are the ones I'm most interested in seeing. No, as I've been terms like Milwaukee, Milwaukee's trying to find their stride again. So I'm not sure how much, you no, know, they're willing to go ahead and try and trade. Um, I, <laughs> Taco Falls, what, in Cleveland? He's nowhere. He got cut. He was oh, in he Cleveland. Cut? He got waived. So he is out there for for the taking. I said, I like Taco Fall. I said, I mean, I, I do. I, said, some of them said, I like Taco. He, he just needs to be in the right situation. I think Taco Fall could help. I said, he just need you just basically need him to do two things: rebound and block shot. That's all yeah. you need to do. But he has. I don't. I, I don't have anybody now. <laughs> you know what? I'm curious to see what the Nets do. Because now with Kyrie back. You know, and I know you know he's only playing the away games. I'm wondering if they're going to do any trades. 
Because I mean, because uh, who who was I watching that made a very great point? I think I was watching the uh, first take. Jay Wood, he made a great point. He's like, if I was the Nets, he's like, I just play to pay the fine and just have Kyrie play every game. And I was like, you know what? That's actually smart. That was a great point. I was like, you know, pay the fine and just let him play. He's like, because the money you pay in terms of fines, you know, for Kyrie Irving, doesn't come like even close to what you pay in terms of everything else. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, those fines will just be a drop in the bucket. You know, I mean, not that I expect the Nets to do it, but I'm saying if they did, you know, if Kyrie came back on a more consistent basis, I mean, it's, it's got to, you know, mess with that rotation a little bit. Yeah. Especially now that Kevin Durant is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say, <laughs> I hate to do it because I like the kid. But you know what? If they could trade for Joe Harris on the Nets, like they gave up Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm mean, dead serious. Avery Bradley, DeAndre Jordan, and maybe I said some draft picks and try to get Joe Harris to come to the Lakers because the Lakers need some more shooters. And I don't necessarily give up the Reeves kid because I think, he, again, he has potential. If you throw Taylor Horton Tucker in there, I said that I would expect a little more. Or in fact, take that, take that back. If you, if you take Taylor Horton Tucker and see if you try to trade him for Joe Harris, I think that'd be an even trade. You just have two different players in terms of styles. Yeah. Just in, ter- just in terms of styles. I mean, the Lakers, but the Lakers could use another three-point shooter. And I think, you know, Joe Harris would get more usage with the Lakers right now than he does, you know, with the Nets. Because now with the return of Kyrie and plus with the emergence of Patty Mills, I mean, Joe, Har- Joe Harris's name is the one I've really been hearing a lot about this year. Oh, man. I mean, that's just because he's still just doing Joe Harris stuff. Like, if you double, you pay. Like, that's, that's his job. His job is to make you pay if you double. Exactly. That's my point. So it's just like, but now they got Patty Mills too. So it's just like, all right. So it's like, let's, let's trade, let's trade for Joe Harris. Try to get Joe Harris and come to the purple and cold. But I think it's going to be an active trade deadline only because I think it's, it's similar to like last year where I don't see like a clear cut, like, Oh, this is the finals right here. Um, well, it's definitely open. I mean, because especially like you know, we got to look at the injuries that are going on right now. Yeah. So if and if, all the contenders, like I said, I don't see why they want to mess with anything. Yeah, man. But you, if you got a chance to to improve your team, I'm not saying just make a move for move's sake. But if you can, if you got, if you have a chance to make your team better, I think you should make that move just obviously. because the window is is so fleeting. You know what I mean? You never know. Obviously, I let's say I I just have to see the pieces because I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking who do you move when i think about the contender contenders right now in my eyes let me start in the west phoenix uh-huh. obviously golden state yeah i'll throw utah in there but i just don't believe in them Maybe. i don't believe i don't believe in utah and and maybe denver maybe that's that's a strong maybe it all depends on if they get their peoples back well I'm, I'm just saying though but i mean just like but who would you move? I'm looking at all those four, those four contending teams. 
You know, I mean, yes, Dallas will be in the playoffs, but I don't expect yeah, they're not. They're not contending. Yeah, they're, they're not contending. You know, not even with the not even with the Clippers. It's just like so. Who who on their roster would they really be willing to give it up? That's like okay, they be willing. They they'll get something back that would be beneficial. See, nobody. There's nobody on their roster that I can see them giving up. That's a quality that they'll. That I feel that they would be able to get like quality back. For. And I said the same thing. The same thing in the East. It's just like. I see most. I see role players who, like I said, if they're just not being used much, who will likely be let go. Like I said, I don't see Milwaukee trading nobody. I don't necessarily see uh, the Heat trading anybody. You know, you know, I know they're dealing with injuries right now. You know, the Nets. Like I said again, Joe Harris doesn't get that much usage. I think he would make a nice little piece to get rid of, not get rid of a trade. And uh, who else am I thinking about that's up there? Uh, your guys in Chicago, like I said, I'd really be surprised to see who y'all could pick up in a trade. Like y'all, y'all are rolling so much. Why would you want to trade anybody? You know, you know, I heard, you know, I heard your fantasy, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I say it's just like again, it's just it's, it's just the, the the bottom, the bottom guys, like the middle of the pack yeah. towards the bottom. You're gonna look for somebody potentially uh, who thought they were gonna be something like the Pacers are going to be sellers because they thought they were going to be a playoff team and they clearly just going to have to rebuild that thing. Well, like so. I said, well, and well, at the same time, Miles Turner wants out, mm-hmm. you know, cause he said he doesn't feel appreciated and everything else. So it's just yep. like, okay, depending on what you're asking for back, where are you going to send him? So, I mean, it's just like, even if they make the trade for Miles Turner, depending on who you're trading them to, you know, are they going to trade him to a contender? And I was like, okay, well, which contender are you going to trade them for? Yeah, like you can try to you know trade them to, to the you no. Know, like I said, I use the Lakers again, but I don't think the Lakers really have any pieces that that they could trade for Miles Turner. And if I go down, you know, the roster in the middle of Milwaukee, go down the roster in uh, Brooklyn or whatever else for Miles Turner, I just can't see again. I just don't see them willing to let go of certain pieces just to bring him in. Now and I think this, this just popped in my head. Would you do uh, James Wiseman for Miles Turner straight up? If you go and stay in that win now mode, I think Miles Turner will help you out more than James Wiseman would. And I think Indiana only, would do it because he got the right age if they about to do a rebuild. Only if, only if though, if, if if I knew like the mindset of Indiana, I mean, it it seems solid, but you you'd have to give him more than Wiseman though. You you need more than Wiseman because Wiseman's suddenly proven himself. Hey man, he a number one pick. Like I, I mean, figure, yeah, but there have been a lot of number one picks. I don't really mean anything. Yeah, but he's still on that rookie deal. That's that's a flyer, especially if you're just trying to blow this thing up. You gotta. This is how they got Jermaine O'Neal. You know what I'm saying like they just took a flyer. Like hey, maybe this kid will blow up on us. Right, but I mean, just like again, I mean, like I said I could definitely see the benefit for the Golden State Warriors doing it. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I mean, that, that would definitely be a that definitely be a help. And I mean, if anything else, you know, I said he, I think he could fill in that role that I expect Wiseman to do. Should he not be traded, which is again, you know, go in there, dominate the paint, you know, give us a couple buckets, you no know, rebounds, block shots. He can hit the occasional three, but again, I mean, right now with the Golden State being who they are, I mean, it's not like you expecting. You know, Wiseman to be the man. He didn't sure. have to be. You know, and that's why again, if you, you know somebody like Miles Turner, that's another thing. You know, will Miles Turner be is comfortable he, going does to a he team want to where be he, the man? Well, yeah. I mean, well, would he be comfortable going to a team where he's basically 
you'd almost basically become the fifth option. He would. Well, I'll probably say the fourth. Draymond don't need to score. No, no, Dray, Draymond is more important. It would be I more mean, important. Yeah, just all, off, defensively, he is the number one option. But offensively, he, I mean, he touches the ball a lot, but um, he don't need to score. Yeah, but I'm just saying with the way that the Golden State plays with their ball movement and everything else like that, I said Indiana doesn't play like that. That's why I was saying where Miles Turner, you know, he's, you know, he's very like high post, low post type type field. Like he can mm-hmm. hit the occasional three. But I said, but playing the way the style that Golden State plays, I said, I mean, I, 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 it would definitely be an adjustment for him. Yeah. I said, I mean, especially if you like, say, so you just you know more or less keep him somewhere like around the paint. I said, I'm not sure necessarily that'd be his thing. But but again, but like in terms of the move itself, I mean, I I could see it. You know, yeah. like t- talent wise, like it, it would be a benefit for Golden State. I said, man, I, I I just really want to sit back and watch this. Thing. I said, I am going to be very curious. I, I'm sure they're going to be trades that's going to make me go like, really? Yeah. Like, I can <laughs> see know? Portland blowing this thing up. I can see Indiana blowing this thing up. Um, Who else has had a disappointing year who thought they was going to be something? I mean, to a degree. Atlanta? Atlanta. The, the Knicks are kind of on that list, even though I still say they're probably like in that win-now-ish mode. Um, But – they ain't playing nowhere near where they thought they were. I could see them making a few trades. Yeah, I'm saying, who are you trading? I mean, this is like, I mean, you, you're basically gonna be let's say you're basically gonna be trading a journeyman, like you no, know, nobody really knows of, you know, that you're just gonna have the bench just in case. Yeah. Which is why like I said, which is why again, I know I'm, I'm making this more about the Lakers in this regard, but it's why I feel Avery Bradley needs to go, DeAndre Jordan needs to go. I hate the T Taylor Horton Tucker to go, but I mean, hey. I mean, gotta gotta find something. Like I mean, I he he, him and Malik Monk are y'all really only tradable people because everybody else is like age thirty eight or older, and <laughs> don't not, nobody want tra- no no thirty eight year olds. They're they're not Malik has made himself a man. They're not trading. They're they're not trading. And, and then keep in mind, like we've seen this Malik Monk. There's a reason why Charlotte didn't resign this dude because he inconsistent. Like because he he'll go through this month where he is, like, getting 20 every night. But then you're going to go through the next month where he's only averaging, like, 12. So Yeah, but, but those are but different circumstances. He playing on a team, even though they are older, but with a lot more, you know, quote-unquote talent, more more status. So I think that, that changes the game. Well, I said, because, again, you see the games that he's been balling here lately. I mean, it's just like, you know, LeBron has just been going out of his mind here lately. Just creates more open shots for him. He just got yeah. hit him. And that's you know, what's so crazy. Like LeBron be going out of his mind, and y'all still be in dog fights. We're, we're losing to the Kings. I'm like, there was a time where if LeBron was on the team with like Larry Hughes, like three pieces of gum, <laughs> you said, and like a pretzel, like Cavs would still win by like 12. But now LeBron can go out of his mind, and y'all lose to the Kings. I was like, like when I saw that score, I was like, the Kings, like. <laughs> Oh no, no comment, man. No, no comment. Like I said, just I, there's no, no comment. So that's a, that's a topic for another day, man. I say I, I, I'm, the one thing going on the lake. I think it's it's more mental than yeah. It's a little bit physical, but I think it's more mental than anything right now with the Lakers. Yeah, I say like, I think there's just a lot. It's a lot of mental. It's a there's a lot of mental you no know, conflict going on, and it's just you know, like I say, it's just affecting the team as a whole. Right, LeBron is still a beast. 
but you can take a LeBron punch now and still win the game. That's the difference between old LeBron and young LeBron. Young LeBron, you take a young LeBron punch, and the game was over. Old LeBron, I mean, it's like, oh, man, we still up by 10. <laughs> that was also when he was in the East, so, I mean, come on now. Yeah, it's true. Wait a minute, but the Kings is the Kings. It don't matter if the Kings is in the East, the West, the, the ABA, the, <laughs> the NCAA. Like, the Kings is the Kings. The Kings, the Kings, no, they they had their moments. Like I said, they, they just came to play. So, like I said, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I just cannot wait to see. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm just scrapping stuff off the top of my head because I yeah. honestly just do not know. And like I said, I'm gonna look up, and you know, I'm sure we're gonna talk. We'll talk about it on the next show. There's gonna be a trade that goes down that just gonna make you go like, what? Like they did that? I mean. I don't, I hope they don't trade my man Russ. I don't see them trading my man Russ. But again, if they did, let's say just trade Russ to a contender. That's all I ask. I said, you put Russ on a contender, Russ will get one. Right, and right now, let's say this this season is just rough. But I said, but let's say even for the Lakers though, if the, if the Lakers need to trade for anything, they need to trade for a post player. That's what they need to do. But I said they just don't have any pieces. Unless they're willing to trade Anthony Davis, and if you're going to trade Anthony Davis, I better be getting something back of like some sufficient quality in return. Or if they got an eye towards the future, do you go ahead and trade LeBron? He your oldest piece, man. Like extend that championship window. And Le- LeBron, I don't see, I don't see him leaving LA simply as a as a business move. So he's he's out he's out here for a reason. I don't see him wanting to leave LA. He ain't got no no trade clause. Send that man to Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Kobe, Chicago. Kobe White for LeBron. Hashtag <laughs> free LeBron. I even throw in Patrick Williams. I love my rook, my, my, my young guy. But hey, man, we Patrick Williams and Kobe White for LeBron, straight up. Hashtag free LeBron. We even throw in a second round pick. That's a give, give me, give me DeMar, DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. Nah, nah, you ain't get, you ain't get my, 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 my DeMar, my, my Debo and my Vooch. Like, ain't happening. Ain't happening. Yeah, give, give, me those, give me those back. We might move my top a little bit. <laughs> but uh, anything else you want to add today, man? Nah, fam. Like I said, I mean, today was a pretty, you know, low-key day. I mean, it looks like uh, the end of the Big Ben era is officially over. Yeah, we got. So the. Said the Chiefs, you no, know, well and well in control, 42 21, with like just a minute left in the, the game. I uh, said, so, you know, salute the big men. Like I said, nothing to be ashamed of. He's heading straight for the Hall of Fame. Straight for the Hall of Fame. That that Dallas game, man, was a trip. But you know what, though? I am so happy they lost because I can't stand Skip Bayless. I hope he hears this one day. I look forward to debating you one day, old man. I can't stand you. You annoy me because you hate on Russ so much. I'm glad your Cowboys lost. Man, that end had me so weak. Them referees didn't give no explanation. They just said, like, into the game and ran to that tunnel. <laughs> they, 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 hit him with, they hit him with the Montreal school job finish. That referee was so far back. <laughs> Ring the bell, ring the bell. Why was he so far back? Like the play happened, he ain't run till the play was over. Like, <laughs> hey, but no, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I felt a little bad for the Cowboys on that part. When I saw that referee bump into the center, I was like, that's yeah. dirty. Yeah, I was like, that, that's dirty. I mean, because I there could have been a chance they had a chance to spike that ball. I mean, but referees and stuff like that, but no, as I said, because of Skip Bayless, it's like 
Skip Bell's can so he can, he can be annoying. I know he's a veteran in the game, but oh, he gets on my bad side the way he hates on my man Russ. So to see his Cowboys go down, I'm made my day. Made my day. <laughs> All right, man, go ahead and drop your socials. As always, it is at M as in Mary, C G O D as in David, I V as in Victor A at the Micadiva on Twitter. All right, and I am at J A Y S U G G, J Sug, also on the Twitter. And until next time, we out. Later.